Aunt Momo. <laughs> I'm an aunt again. Last night. Congratulations. Thank you. Does and it feel different this time with a boy for you as an auntie? It does. It does. I don't know why it does. I mean, and it was different because of COVID because we can't be yeah. there. Um, the first one, there was a lot of drama because um, my sister was having like complications and my brother-in-law, he's a paramedic, but like, he was like, this is completely different when it's your loved one going through something. Oh, so God, of course. When, yeah. And so he wasn't really updating us. And we see the, we see Gracie, the baby, she wasn't breathing when she was born. So we see her getting like taken into the NICU and Nick is like racing with her. And then he's like going back to Megan and we're like, Nick, Nick, what's going on? And we're like yelling at him and he's like, shut up. And like yelling at us. And we're like, oh. so when I'm like, that's my sister. And like, there was like, it was like a movie. Like, there like a movie. Yeah. Mama everywhere. This one was very tame it was like a and he like he knew that like this time he needed to kind of like inform us and so now it, yeah, was, like, it, it was actually kind of exciting like like you know they induced her so they're like okay 8 a.m they just induced her and then like every few hours there'd be an update and then when it got more exciting okay we're dilated pushing any moment okay pushing okay, nine pushes, he's out. It, like, he was just, like, updating everything. So it was very cool. And then we got pictures, and it was wow. uh, it was drama-free, very exciting. He looks exactly like his sister. So it was um, good. I can't wait to meet him. I know. I still haven't met her yet, the little one, Gracie. I believe that. Unbelievable. She's three. She's three? She's three. She is three going on 30. 30. Oh, yeah. No, she's already going to kick your ass. <laughs> she Verbally. loves to work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's a cutie. Um, but I am excited to have you on because, Ben, I talk mm. about you all the time. For those of you that maybe, I don't know, ha like don't know, Ben produces this podcast and we have been business partners for what feels like forever. And um, you had interviewed me on our 10th episode. And now I wanted to, we interviewed your sister last week for our, yep. our love. And I just thought it was only appropriate if we interviewed you now, because people need to know all the amazing things that you do. And, and you know, I'm pretty amazing. So I'm really so glad you see that and you want to share that. I mean, really, I'm just the shit. So this is great. Yeah. No, you are. And I, I know we used to not so much anymore because of COVID, but mm -hmm. sorry, we used to host a lot when we would be editing things together and all oh, yeah. that. And people like would email, like message me all the time, like DM me saying, you yeah. guys are so funny. And we just like always had such a great time together. And mm -hmm. um, so I just thought it'd be cool to talk about how we met and you know, what we're working on and what you're working on. And then yeah. I started thinking, cause we've known each other for years. I don't even know how you got into doing everything that you do. So I just thought it'd be cool uh, to just kind of go over your story a little bit. And uh, it's cool that we had your sister on last week. Cause she kind of touched on your childhood. I know you guys have a really close family which oh, yeah. I love, and I can't believe I haven't met most of them yet, but because um, we've known each other. Forever. It is so weird that has that is I don't I don't understand it really. I know it's so weird. <laughs> I don't get it. We have to change it soon, but um, yeah. 
for sure. But yeah, your family's amazing. And I love seeing you guys on Instagram. You're so close. And yeah. um, so it was cool to be kind of like heard from your sister last week, who I love her, by the way. And I want to meet her in person. She's she's amazing. She's super sweet. She's super talented, successful. I mean, I and I loved I loved talking to her last week. So um, so now we get to hear from you. Yes. Yes. First of all, this is, I don't know where to look because I'm like, I'm not going to stare at a camera. And if I look at you, it's like off camera. So it's awkward. So to the viewers, I'm sorry, but you know, it is. I, it is. I get that too. I just look at you. I just look at you. Oh. <laughs> all right. So where do you want to start? Um, well, I want to start with whatever you want to start with. I, I know that like, you know, like I said, growing up, you, uh, we're super close to your family. You're the only boy, right, of sisters. Yeah. And um, so how was that like growing up with sisters? Because I know for all you single ladies out there, Ben is a sweetheart. And um, I think it's, I mean, just observing from an outsider that it was probably your growing up with sisters. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how was that for you being the only yeah. boy? I mean, it wasn't just my sisters. I got really lucky at the time. I think I wish I had a brother as well, just because I wish I had someone to kind of like, have as a best friend and kind of be in my age range and someone to be with. My sisters had each other and then they kind of had me. And then I kind of had not to say no one, but in the sense that they were best friends, they were growing up at the same age, going through the same things. And I was the little brother kind of there and they loved the hell out of me. So I was grateful in that sense, but I didn't have that like camaraderie with them as like my sit they were older they were going through different things and so was i so i got a chance to see you know how how they were treated and how they should be treated by by guys and um i learned a lot through that seeing how they respond to things and how they would handle situations and i had an inside look at a very young age being surrounded by women all the time how to behave around them how to be patient how to treat them how not to treat them um you know, and I, I got really, really lucky. My mom's nieces, my little cousins are, there were three beautiful blonde hair, blue eyed girls. And I was with them all the time. They were my best friends. So that was where I grew up all the time. on every weekend I was with them. And so I got, I got a really good inside look early on at how to be around girls and women, but like in a respectful, just sort of yeah. way, you know, it wasn't about trying to get with girls or trying to, I always just loved being around women. And so my sisters taught me that they taught me hard work. They taught me how to be a friend to a girl and how to, you know, and so I'm I'll always, always cherish that from them. That's amazing. Uh, that definitely yeah. like makes you who you are. I feel like, cause you are um, so respectable and such a sweetheart. And I would say you're like a one of a kind. Um, so how, so in high school, is that when you started getting into being like the creative person that you are? Cause you're really creative. Like you're into music and I know like you play um, like piano and stuff and you joke around a lot, like when you sing, but I think you can really sing. I think you can, and you just don't like to like, you don't like to show it, but I feel like you probably could. If and, I could, that'd be amazing, but I'm not hiding it. That's for sure. And, and then you do it like you did, you started out doing photography, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, I mean, how did you get into all of that? And then just like, I would love to hear like where you started with all of that and how you got into it and then how it progressed into what you have today, your business. Yeah, for sure. So I think from my, my sister probably touched on that in the last episode, my grandma is responsible for all our creativity. She made sure when we were kids that we were always around creativity. She'd have us each over at her house way up in the hills. Um, and she, she, you know, paint with us and teach us how to paint and uh, appreciate colors and textures. And so from a really, really early age, I started cherishing that. I loved the depth of colors and what that represented. And, and again, textures and um, that all kind of somehow made its way into technology. And I always loved technology. My dad was in communications in the army. And so he was like the, the tech nerd in the house and always brought the coolest new TVs and cameras and gadgets and things. And I was always surrounded by it. And uh, I got the itch for it. So when I found a way to merge the two, um, I did that. And I was always messing around with point and shoot cameras and stealing my friend's cameras and messing around with stuff. And then um, one year, I really wanted a camera and I couldn't afford it. I didn't have any money. I was living at home still. And he noticed what I wanted and he bought the camera. Not for me. He bought the camera and said, you can't touch this. This is not yours. This is my work. Don't. This is not yours. He made it very clear. And I didn't know at the time, of course, but now he wanted me to work for it. He could tell. And so I would find a way to kind of like sort of softly ask him to borrow the camera. He's like, you can take it. He let me take it once. So I went and shot, um, I started shooting events for my friends and family. So they would have like dinner parties. I'd go shoot that. Uh, we'd go out of town somewhere. I would shoot pictures of the dogs or the horses or whatever. And it started getting really comfortable with the camera. Um, and then after a quite a bit of shoots for friends and family, I saved up and bought my own camera. And I bought a camera that was able to shoot photo and video. I was really interested in video. I always loved movies. I loved cinematography. Um, I love storytelling and I love music. I knew that with music, you could incorporate that into video and create movies after, out of it. So that was my next goal. So when I started getting hired more at events, I would secretly shoot video without telling them. They didn't pay me for it. I just would shoot video and sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Um, get out of here, phone. That's what happens. So I would secretly shoot video. And then when I was done, I would edit all the photos and I would edit a video with music and I would send them the photos and say, hey guys, also here's a link. Uh, I made you guys a video out of your event and uh, I just thought it'd be cool and thought you'd enjoy it. If you know anyone that needs video, please refer me. And I did that three or four times and the response I got was like so, they were so grateful and so appreciative and it kind of just launched from there. Um, everything, my video career. And that's what I do now full time is video. So that's the short, you know, the long story short version of it. But that was how that came about. And with music, um, I went to music school. I went to music school um, right after college, or right after high school. Yeah, I went to music school. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know. Come on, girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it. I went to uh, Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Awesome school. You wouldn't even see it. It's like, it's like the size of my back wall times two, but it goes really far back into the boulevard. Does it have on the out? Does it is does it have on the outside like different musicians painted on? Yeah, it? yeah, that's 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 oh, part yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Not, it's, I, it's on the boulevard. We're I, on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to pass by it all the time and yeah. go, "Oh, that's 
Oh, uh-huh. okay. So I went there for the uh, for the engineering program. I wanted to learn how to be an engineer, like the guy you see behind the big board with all the buttons on it. I wanted to be yeah. that guy. Like I love the buttons. I love the. E. I wanted to be that guy. And once I was once I was there, uh, it was the greatest lesson because I ended up hating that because I learned that. And no no disrespect to engineers, they are the reason why we all love the music we love. Like no disrespect there, but I would see the producer telling him what he wants the engineer to do. And the engineer had no creative freedom. And that, that like made me, I couldn't handle that. Like I, I wanted to be creative, make my own decisions. So the, now the next goal was to learn how to do the engineering, but then be a producer and be able to do both. So I started making music and I started, you know, working with certain artists and um, just creating music whenever I could, making hip hop beats, making piano sequences with, you know, different orchestral prog- uh, progressions and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then once video what I just told you about last, once that all took off, music took a back seat and video became everything. And so now I'm able to use what I learned in music through pacing and rhythm and how to cut to the rhythm of someone's voice. Like if you're editing a music video and it's all vocals and there's no beat, how do you edit that? You know, and it, that to, to, to understand the rhythm of someone's voice and edit to that pattern and find the moments that feel like it's the next, it's just all trajectory and rhythmic patterns and all that kind of stuff. I owe all of that to music school. And so that was the greatest gift I got from that. I'd used almost none of what I went to school for engineering, but all the tools that came from that, I incorporated into video, which is to me, I'm, I'm just so grateful for it. I love it. And that's why I can do what I do now. That's amazing. Well, and I think that you just have a natural gift. Um, I know I was telling your sister, we kind of touched on this last week that when, cause so, so we started, we I basically went to our, our mutual friend, Jared. Uh-huh. Um, this was back in like, what, 2013, maybe? Yeah. Wow. It was like, yeah, like 13, 14. And um, I said, look, I was in this car accident. I want to make a documentary about it. Um, I knew that he was, you know, in this industry. And so I, I asked him like what he thought. And he was like, yeah, um, I have the perfect person for you. And then he gave me your number. And so we did this documentary together and um, that's kind of like, you know, how we met. And that was a really personal thing. So with you like interviewing me and my family and us, you know, doing all that, we got really close. And um, when it came to editing, like I had so much fun editing that with you, but I felt like we, you know, I did photography. That's what I did right out of school and made that a career for a while. And I think that like, well, I was told by a very successful photographer that I wanted to work with really badly that I never got a chance to. He told me, um, he said, you can like go to all the schools you want. You can, you know, but if you don't have an eye for this, you're never gonna make it. Yeah. And I feel like you just have that eye. Your work is so great. And then when it comes to editing, it's like, I, I kind of, we were always on the same page. And I remember thinking, like thinking something and then you would do it. Or I would say, oh, I think that we need, and you would like finish my sentence. And I'm like, wow. And so your sister and I were saying how important it is to find someone that's on that creative level as you. Like, that's Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's like when you really start making good stuff. And um, and everyone that I have talked to, I've interviewed quite a few people that you've worked with and they all say the same thing that like, you're so creative, you're so professional. 
um, you're so caring, you generally care. And I know that you've done a lot of like music videos for people that couldn't afford it. And you've kind of mm-hmm. like given your time because you believe in their, their music and stuff. So I know that you've done, um, you know, some things for musicians to help them out as well, which is amazing because this is LA and no oh, yeah. anything for free. And I know that you, and then it's, it comes back because then I know that you've had situations where, yeah, you hook someone up, but then they refer you to somebody. And then here you are like, you know, making money from, from something, you know, that you did for free because you yeah. believe in that person. And so it always comes back to you. Um, so that I've always admired that about, about you, Benjamin. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No, that's, it's a, it's a good point actually. And that's something to be said about that because you, I think that's the key to all this stuff is if you have a job, no matter what it is, why not do the best you possibly can at that job? Why not, why not do the best you can? Who knows who's watching you? Who sees that? I've seen people that were the greatest waiters ever get a huge sales position at a job and now they make six figures because they were just incredible presenters and communicators and people see that like, you know what? I think you'd be, you just never know. So why not always do the best you can? And I believe, I believe that it's a good point. I think it all comes full circle. I mean, I really do believe that. And I love what I do. I mean, I love what I do. So to me, when I'm shooting or editing, it's not about the money. I just love what I do and I love collaborating with people. And um, so I appreciate your kind words. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So where is it that, cause I know you have like, you're really, even in the pandemic, you've kept pretty busy, right? Well, I, sorry. Um, at first it was awful for the first, like two, three weeks, everything shut down. Everyone shut the marketing budgets down and went, it was just, and my roommate wasn't home. She was staying with her boyfriend at the time. And so I was just home alone. And it was just like this really dark. And I'm sure people have gone through this. And I'm not the only one. People had these times where it was just, you can't go anywhere, do anything. You can't really work. Even if you are working, you're home all the time. So you get no separation from, from that. And um, it was a really dark period. And all of a sudden, uh, well, no, it everything shut down. Then one last client said, it was a new client. And they said, Hey, we got to, we got to shut this project down. You know um, we got to just kind of wait a little while and then we'll get back to you. And I said, okay. And I sat with it and I was like, you know what? No, I called them back. I said, listen, why don't you just send me some product? Send me some stuff in the mail. I'll shoot it for you. I have an office with a black room. I got a really cool table, a light and a couple of cameras. My buddy now will shoot some stuff. And if you like it, great. And use it. If not, then, then no harm, no foul. I'll get, I'll send you the product back. We'll call it a day. And we did it and um, we shot a, a whiskey commercial with it. Hi, Faith. Oh, Bring yes. her up. I got to see the face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, she's like a little slipper. <laughs> she's getting big. She's getting real big. big. She wasn't feeling great today. I think we got car sick. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. No, bring her up anytime, please. Um, a car commercial. No, no, whiskey commercial. A whiskey. Okay. So I said I just it was a it was a, a subscription subscription box for uh, alcohol. Uh, they do like cigars, food, spirits, all that kind of stuff. So this one was a tequila box, and I said, "Why don't you just send me the box? I'll shoot it for you in my office. I got a camera, a light, a table. We'll get creative and see what happens. If you don't like it, cool. No harm, no foul." They sent the box over and uh, we did our thing. We shot it. We took like a, a week or two to do it and really put the time into it and sent it back. And they like flipped out and they were like, this is the most creative thing we've ever had. 
in our, like, I don't understand what you did. And we had a table, one light and a camera and the two of us. And we were doing like flipping the, like spinning the cups would spin around and then dropping ice from the top and like flipping up the bottle and then pouring, like it was a motion based video. So we just got creative and they approved us for four more boxes. So, and now we're five boxes deep. We actually have another one starting this week, tomorrow. Um, so I just, you know, it's, it's, it's the hustle. Why not take no for an answer? You know, always do the best you can and always at least try. That's, that's kind of what came of COVID is, uh, I, I believe that if COVID didn't bring out the hustle in you, you don't have it. I really believe that. And it's harsh, but it's just, I just really believe that if you saw COVID as a time to sit on your ass and do nothing, and you didn't wake up and be like, what, what am I, what am I doing? If it didn't wake you up in some way, it's not in you. And maybe that's your point or time to realize that. And now start here and start doing stuff. But I, I, I believe that. And I'm grateful for COVID actually. It made us restructure and repivot the whole business and it's been for the better. So uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank God. Yeah. No, I, um, I agree with you. I mean, at first I thought it was a good, cause I, you know, have been working really hard for the last 10 years and so oh, yeah. I was like oh I mean I kind of hope like obviously I kind of <laughs> like, hope this lasts like two weeks you know like yeah. then I get like a little break mm-hmm. um and I mean who knew a year later we would be here and it would have been as bad as it was mm-hmm. um but uh yeah then I got to the point where I'm like okay I'm gonna go crazy I wanted to work on myself. Um, mm-hmm. I had just gotten really into like meditation and stuff right before COVID and it was really helping me with a lot of different things. And so I started reading books and um, doing things that I never like really had time to do. And then it got to the point where, okay, like I'm done with all the self-help stuff. Like now mm-hmm. I want to do other things. And then we started working on this podcast and really getting this going and then yeah. the clothing line um, uh, which hopefully we get some new new stuff soon um, yeah. so all of that like I feel like we've we've made the best of, of COVID I think and like really um, 100% use it to like do things that we didn't have time I mean our schedules were so crazy before COVID that like trying to do this was crazy and then like we always want to do like a cooling line and stuff we have other stuff Mm -hmm. that we want to work on um we were working on like tv show ideas like pictures that we're gonna do and um it's like it was so hard and i feel like now with covid like we the good thing about it i guess the silver lining is that you do have more free time um and because like i still pretty much have the same amount of clients but because it's all virtual, like we don't have to sit in traffic for hours. So that's why, you know, like we, and we're realizing that we don't have to always travel to, to get work done. We don't have to, you know, like sit in traffic yeah. for hours and it saves us so much time so we can be more productive during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like the silver lining of all of this. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I don't think do you, we're ever going to go back to normal like back to like in, in office, in, you know, people are going back to work, back to work. I mean, people have seen like a couple of my clients have shut down their offices completely, like stop paying rent, just shut it whole thing down and sent all the computers, to people's houses and everyone's just home and they're saving all that money on rent. And they gave a piece of that back to the employees is like ownership in the company, which is yeah. interesting. So, you know what I mean? They can get creative, which yeah. is cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that it definitely uh, has shown people that they don't need to spend thousands of dollars a month on an office space when everyone could work from home. On one part, uh, like one part of me is like, yeah, I miss the social part. I miss being oh, yeah. him. I miss like having that interaction in person with my clients and my friends. But another part of me sees how efficient this is. And I think a happy medium would be great. Like, I don't want to go back to like what I was doing before because it's crazy. And looking back, I have no idea how I put myself through that for so long. I yeah. was wearing myself very thin and I'm like, wow, I get, if I, if I was still doing that, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'd be so burnt out in the next few years. Um, so I don't want to go back to that being like that crazy. Um, but I think a happy medium would be good. Uh, yeah, I've thought about when like things go back to normal, whatever that's going to look like. I'm thinking, what does that look like? Because I can't, I just can't picture, like I, I was in the Valley today, you know, I'm on the West side and uh, I went to the Valley for a couple of things and I was on my way back and I just had this memory of, oh, I remember being stuck on the 101 trying to get on the 405 every morning and I would be stuck in that traffic thinking mm -hmm. it's just normal and it sucked, but I did it every day totally and it would take like two hours to get over there. And today it took me 20 minutes and I'm like, God, that was my life every day. Why did I do that to myself? And it was just back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, I can't do that ever again. I need to mm -hmm. restructure, figure it out because now I have time to go see my family and friends and like, um, you know, still and, and do other projects that, you know, that we want to do. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of good that's, I think, come out of this. Um, you know, we just have to, like you said, the people that that haven't really used this time to their advantage and mm -hmm. haven't really done anything to like make their lives better. I feel, I feel for them because this was a huge opportunity. All those things that you say, Oh, I wish I could do this, but I just never have the time. Like this is the time to do it. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I can't hear that sentence anymore from people. I really can't. And, and that's not, not, not to be like harsh or rude or anything, but like, if you're hearing this now and you're realizing you didn't do it, like now's it, do it now. Like now is the time to do it. It's not too late. It's just, this is, this is the time to, there's never a good time to start. You got to just start, you know, what's that sentence done is better than perfect. Just start it and freaking just do it. And Get going. Yeah. And I think your sister and I touched a little bit last week on that's right. how people could be just like really overwhelmed by mm -hmm. their end goals but really like you don't need to like have that end goal in mind sure don't focus on it too much focus on the steps to get there and just do it a step at a time which, yeah. um, you know like with the clothing line it's super overwhelming it's super oh, yeah. uh, stressful um i don't know what i would have done with you or without you if like with the website and all of that like the tech stuff you know i'm like awful at it um but like it's, it's it doesn't need to be so overwhelming i you know we're talking to uh my friend ryan who's helping us out and i'm like okay i don't know where to start and he's like okay do this step once you do that come back to me i'll give you step mm -hmm. two like and, and it really easy. helped me because i'm yeah. like oh okay oh that's easy i could do that okay and then before you know it all these steps were done and i'm looking going oh my god it's done like the hardest part is done i'm like this is amazing and so 
Um, yeah, I hope that people, I mean, that's uh, a part of what, you know, we wanted to get across in this podcast is you don't, um, you don't have to be overwhelmed by your goals or use excuses as to why you can't do something like you you had a goal in mind and, and you just, you know, did the step-by-step of, of, you know, what it took to get there. And now you're very successful and you have your own business and you have clients who love you and that are faithful to you and continue to use you and give you work and refer you. And, um, word of mouth is, is the best, but it all comes from your passion for what you do and the drive that you have and the consistency that you have and, um, you know, very reliable. And so that, gets you to where you are and my dad had always said that to me like if I don't care if you're working at not that there's anything wrong with it but if you're working at Taco Bell or McDonald's or wherever you went out for that job you got that job Uh so you give it a hundred percent I don't care if you're making minimum wage or a thousand dollars an hour you need to do what you signed up for with a hundred percent of what you have and so I truly like he taught me that and it's so important so my first job I worked for a traveling cart and we did hot Mm. dogs and churros and pretzels and I would have paid to see the outfit you had on for that job I would have paid the actual monies to see that well he did let us like he actually like so as, as a cart I was 15 it was my first job my dad would drive me there um, on the weekends, and we met at this guy's house. It was called Carl's Shaved Ice, and Carl was the owner, and he had, like, three trucks, three food trucks, and um, we would, whoever was old enough to drive would drive to the location, and there'd be, like, two of us, and we would set up at, like, kids' soccer games or fairs or, like, car shows or wherever it was, and we would do shaved ice, churros, pretzels, all this. So we'd have to like haul everything off of the the truck and then the food truck would be there and we're setting up everything. And I would Mm -hmm. make like, we could wear like our own like jeans and a shirt. But I tell you, like me making shaved ice and hot dogs and (laughs) selling, you know, and I'm awful at math. So I remember with my calculator, a kid would be like, I want a pretzel and a hot dog and two shaved ice and a soda, and Aww. I want any and I'm sitting there like, okay. So like, can't, can't you just want one thing? Can you just get a soda and leave me alone? <laughs> but um, I did it with 100% of what I had because so it's like, you know, I was a kid. I don't want to be there. But yeah. um, my dad was like, okay, you told this guy you're going to work from, you better give 100%. And it's just in a, in a, teaches you that work ethic that you need to get you to where you eventually you know want to be that's that that's what i I hope people can realize if if like you can have a job you hate and that's totally understandable and fine but to not do your best at that job is actually doing you a disservice more than the company you're working for because people are watching you they see you and if you have a crap attitude about it and you're doing a terrible job they'll remember you for that well, and it's, it's so interesting. That's, I just realized this, but I was working when I moved to Arizona for a little bit. I got a front end, like, management position at Target. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. But again, I gave 100% of what I yep. had to that job. 
And I had a customer that would always, you know, come into Target, um, a family, and the husband was a um, chiropractor. And he just like, you know, we, you get to know people that are always there. And I was always like talking to customers and making sure that like no one had to stay in line too long. And he said, you know what, I really love your personality. I love your work ethic. I see you, you know, working this hard at a job like this. I would love to offer you a job. I will pay you a lot more than what you're making here. And, and it got me a job as a chiropractic assistant. I ended up loving it. And he's the one and his, and everyone that worked there that got me into fitness. That's where I got my first (sighs) career ever, um, was she was a patient there. And that's how I got interested in fitness and that's my whole life now and and it's like it makes you see that that wouldn't have happened i mean who knows but but that that path wouldn't have happened if i if i didn't stand out at target which i hated i hated that job but that's, i still mm-hmm. gave it 100 percent. someone noticed that gave me a job so when i hear people say i hate this job i hate you know or yeah. i hear people getting fired and fired and fired and they don't think it's them i'm like honey it's you like oh, you yeah. gotta really like it shows when you're when you're unhappy and and when you're not doing you know giving a hundred percent, but you know if you sign up for something if someone is writing you a paycheck, you know I believe that you've got to give a hundred percent of mm. yourself even if it's not your dream job because you never know where that could lead you. It's hundred percent true. If you didn't if you didn't do your your best at Target, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. You wouldn't be my friend. We wouldn't be doing anything we're doing. You wouldn't I mean the the trajectory of one action, like it's incredible. Your whole life would be completely you'd be, be surrounded by completely different people. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do that one good job and you didn't get that next job with that guy that got you into fitness, that got you to Equinox that got you to meet Jared, that got you to like all those things it's actually kind of it's, it's insane yeah. so that's just that was the perfect example of what i was talking about and that's what it always 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 takes always people are always watching you especially now so you know why not do your best yeah of course yeah. so where do you see yourself um because i know like we have projects going on but i know you yeah. have a ton of projects going on with other people where is it like that you want to do you have like are you totally content doing what you're doing now or do you have no. like a bigger goal that you're working towards yeah i mean the goal right now is i really believe in what first of all we're doing of course but i believe in what my partner my other partner jason and i my production partner and i are doing we we're heavily in the hair industry right now which is i never thought i would say ever but we're in the hair industry we work for like four pretty big corporations and we do all their content for them the goal is to streamline and automate that process and to a point where him and I can step back and do quality control, but then move into what we want to do, which is a YouTube channel for travel, tech, and food. We want to eat the best food, travel to the coolest places. We actually at some point want to build a van and deck the whole thing out and then just travel the country, shooting content and eating the best food, meeting the coolest people, experiencing new cultures that are in our own country that no one ever sees. I mean, there's some pretty fascinating and incredible places to see that are in like Wyoming or Montana or like the most beautiful landscapes you won't find anywhere else in Europe or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's, that's part of the goal. There's that. Um, and then my, the other part that is really uh, important to me is I want to be a full-time music video director, producer, and editor. 
that's where I want to be. So when you said I'm putting the time into some people that I believe in, that's absolutely true. One, because I love what I do, so I don't care about the money, but it does matter. But for me, I'm in. No one's gonna give. No one's gonna give you a shot at something you want to do and and or who you want to be just because you want it or you say you should have it or whatever. You have to put the freaking time in and do the stuff that um, is accessible to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you have to look at this, this is the goal. This is the thing, and it's way over there. There are strings all over that thing you can grab onto that lead you to that thing. You're never gonna just grab that thing. You got to. It's like you see a tree you want to jump to. You can't just jump to that tree. You have to go to the like Tarzan, branch to branch. Tra- you have to weave your way through it. It's just it's just true. So to me, that's that's my process. Is I want to put time in people that I believe in, uh, do the best job I possibly can, no matter what I'm shooting and editing. And at some point, you never know who's watching, and you know then you have a bit of, of a portfolio to show, and they go, you know what, these songs aren't really our vibe and what we're doing, but I see how you shot and how you edited, and you know over your scope of work, I see what you have and we think you'd be a good fit for this. You never know what's going to lead you. I mean, really. So uh, I think that's really, I mean, when I first started, I was shooting little music things here and there and a friend of mine saw, and then before you know it, I'm on tour with Bone Thugs and Harmony for a year. I mean, it's great. You just never, you never know. And that led me to then shooting music uh, in, in studio music production for Michael Jackson's nephew and Rodney Jerkins, who, his name is Dark Child. He shot for Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and uh, Shania Twain and uh, Justin Bieber and like all the biggest artists. And again, it just shows you this one, the, the little actions that lead and accumulate to the overall goal you want to be at. Manifestation or hard work. Those two things hand in hand will get you anything you need and want. 100%. And I know you've gotten to travel a lot too during yeah. um, your career, which is amazing. Like you get yeah. to you get to travel to the coolest places. I, you know, I remember before COVID and you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't edit this weekend because I'm going to, you know, and you, it's just like the coolest places. I'm like, what? So yeah, I'm proud of you, Ben. And I can't Thank wait you. to see everything you do. I honestly feel you are so talented. Um, Thank you. I just feel like I totally scored when Jared was like, oh, I have the perfect person for you. I mean, I had no idea. Like, it's just all the work that you do. If you guys don't follow Ben on Instagram, you've got to follow him. Um, what's your thing? It's Ben Shawnee Productions right here. Ben Shawnee, ben Shawnee Creative. Oh, Creative. Creative. I just changed it, so I don't blame you. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, you got to follow him because your work is so, is so beautiful. Um, thank you so much i love it and i can't wait to see what you do next and what we do next um yeah we'll see you soon i'll see you soon